Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends you can listen to on this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master home run hitter interrupter powers. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to play ball. Let's go. Sweet. Also, for this discussion of the film, The Sandlot, we welcome back aboard ship's entertainer, Daryl Hafner. Welcome back, Daryl. How's it going, everybody? Going quite well. So and on third base, uh, something, something baseball, in addition to Phoenix. Who? We're also glad to have back aboard Feelings Officer Patrick Patch Hicks. Hey, Patch. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. That's not my real accent, but I might just keep doing it until I get tired. I can be amazing. Would now be, that I have it? a quick flyby <laughs> of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for the Sandlot in whatever accent you would like? Um, okay. The Sandlot was released April 7th, 1993, and it runs an hour and 41 minutes. How do you like my accent so far? It's rated PG. It's directed by David Mickey Evans. It was written by David Mickey Evans and Robert Gunter. The least starts being Tom Greery, Mike <laughs> Vitar, and Art Lafleur. And uh, the music was composed by David Newman. You wow. ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Patch and Daryl, are you ready? Absolutely. Yes. And everyone here live is welcome to guess as well. Go for it, Paul. All right. The Sandlot was made for 98 cents and hit a pop fly to center left field at the box office. Just kidding. It was <laughs> made for about $7 million and earned about $34 million in oh. the box office. Well done, Sandlot. So given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1993, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies that was released in 1993? We'll go for the top 50. Top 50. All right. Let's start with Daryl. What's your guess? Um, I'm trying to think what else came out around that. Isn't Jurassic, Jurassic I was just saying, isn't Jurassic Park <laughs> in there, too? Somewhere um, in there. So, number one, then, right? For oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This, no. Um, I'll say right in the middle at 25. 25? How about you, Patch? What's your guess? I'm going to be a little bit more generous and say 18. My favorite 18. number, 18. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, let's see. In chat, uh, Dale guesses 25. Ashley guesses 35. Stacey guesses 50. I'm going to... Go in between Daryl and Patch and go with 22. And no choking in baseball, Daryl. Um, <laughs> do we need to stop? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, all right. So 22 for me. And no more guesses in chat. Paul, where did it end up being? Well, Stacy hit a home run with 50. Whoa. Good oh, job, really? Stacy. Yeah, Just it was on the outskirts. So, yeah. Jeez. So is that like higher. a bunt or is that home run? 
Well, she she made it squeeze. around. She did a good job. Suicide squeeze. It was a suicide squeeze. Suicide squeeze. Okay. Well, like I know what that means. Uh, thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or a subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice is located. Our target film located, Alice. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. I want you to make some friends this summer. There were nine great kids having one great summer. They'll become friends. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. They'll become a team. Oh, yeah! All right! And one of them... You're the best! ...will become a legend. The Sandlot, rated PG. Yes, uh, there may have been some legendary memories, you might say, or maybe not. Maybe we don't remember much. But let's find out what we do collectively remember about The Sandlot. Here is your memory mind melt synopsis for this film. Gwen Stacy's dad, okay, uh-huh. makes his son move to a new town with Indiana Jones's girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. The boy with the, with the hat bill a mile long wants to play baseball in the Sandlot with other neighborhood boys. Hijinks with the team, including neighbors, a giant monster dog throwing up at the fair, trying to make out with the older lifeguard, and night games with fireworks. Big Bill the Kid loses his home run ball and then tells everyone it's no big deal because the ball was just signed by this woman named Babe Ruth. Plus, the kids even meet Darth Vader, who has not learned how to use the Force to cure his own blindness. Heroes become legends, and if you can't play the game, become a sports announcer. Oh, that's some of it was that was on the money ball, but some of it was <laughs> decepted. But based on those memories, as so flawed as they were. What range did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Gonna start with Patch first this time. What was your uh, prediction for the Sandlot? I picked classic. Classic. All right, Daryl. How about yourself? Same classic. Okay, Paul. How about you? Nostalgic. Uh, okay. Nostalgic. <laughs> Uh, I am toe-to-toe. Uh, I don't know if that would be the right idiom. I'm right alongside uh, my EXO here. I also predicted nostalgic for the Sandlot. It'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true, but first let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about the Sandlot. Let's spin up our... Best three. Best three things. Let's start with Patch. I was going to say I Paul, but I decided to go with Patch, apparently. Patch, what's one thing you liked about Paul-ish. the Sandlot? <laughs> Paulatch, yes. Paulatch. <laughs> well, first and foremost, it is about baseball. So I'm a purist. Uh, as of this recording, um, I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. That's not as of this recording. That's been a long time. But one of the big first baseman, like, hometown heroes, Freddie Freeman, has just been... Uh, traded away or signed away to become a an L.A. Dodger, which disappoints me. We wanted to keep him, but mm-hmm. uh, that came on the heels of Atlanta winning their first World Series since you know the '90s. And um, you know, for me, watching the Sandlot just reminds me of how good the game of baseball can be. 
at its purest form without strikes and without oh, strikes in baseball are good, but strikes outside of baseball <laughs> that, that, that you mean like game. Uh, yeah, oh, I like when players go on strike. That yeah, kind of player thing? strikes, not necessarily okay. baseball strikes. A different okay. When I get strike. struck out, geez. Yeah, just, just the kids going out and just playing. They don't care yeah. about all yeah, the, 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 the game. And it was on full display here. It, everything about the Sandlot from start to finish. It was about playing the game. Never any mention of big contracts. Never any mention of anything that was related to the business side of it. And so, you know, when when I get pessimistic about a really long season, and I do mean it. I love baseball, but it's way too long. I go back to the Sandlot and its story, and I go, look, if you want a baseball story, this is where you need to start, right? You know so, yeah. I, I totally know what you mean, Patch. I mean, oh, dogs right. chasing players, so pure to the game of baseball. Shut it. Francisco, can I get There's some love in the uh, in the stream? Sorry, the sorry, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just busting <laughs> your baseballs over here. I was gonna um, say, have you never played baseball with out. a dog in the yard? That is so accurate. Yeah, Are you true. kidding me? Yeah, I have not. Daryl, what's something you liked? Was it the dog in the the baseball yard or something else? Um, there there was a few things, but uh, I'll just say kind of along that line a little bit was just the. Uh, throughout the movie, the kids' friendship and just the way they interacted with each other. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, at the very beginning, they were a little standoffish to Smalls, yes. but mm -hmm. as soon as he was accepted into the group, mm -hmm. he was yeah. in the group. Yeah. yeah, like he he was invited to their their overnight camp out. Like within a week, whatever, they were working with him to get the ball back and just that friendship that the mm -hmm. whole group of them had. Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. That was a cool ensemble of the, all the kids. They all seem to have uh, a place in the, the, in the sand lots. Yeah. The whole lot of them. Uh, Paul was something you enjoyed. Was it the group of kids, something else? I thought it was uh, pretty inventive. The different ways that they were trying to get the ball out. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, it did go on for a little bit long, but I just the different ways were were creative. I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could. To I could totally see that. And and sort of and that uh, that whole sequence sort of led into uh, the part one of the parts of the film that I really enjoyed. Was uh, James Earl Jones's character? I actually don't recall what his name was. This is only the second time I've seen The Sandlot. So, do any of you recall what his character's name I don't, is? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, no. so Darth Myrtle. Vader in The Sandlot. It was Myrtle. Mister uh, Myrtle. Oh, Mister Myrtle. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I just I really liked how at his stage of life he cared so much more about the relationships. And like gain to have people like he can, he said, come over every week to talk baseball with me. Like he had like probably thousands of dollars, if not more worth of memorabilia in his place. But that doesn't matter as much as actual connection and, and having people to talk to and, and uh, have uh, friendships with. So I really appreciate that about his character and that we got to see some of that with him. Uh, let's go back let's go to daryl again what was something else you liked about this film um well we didn't see much of them i kind of liked the at least in the early movie that odd i'll call it odd relationship between smalls and the stepdad like mm, just mm -hmm. to me i mean i i 
don't have a stepfather, but to me, that mm-hmm. relationship felt realistic. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could like, totally see that. Yes. Like, just like the, the, they're still, as I think they put it in the movie, they were still kind of feeling each other out, whatever, yeah. but just like the, do I call him dad? Do I call him Bill? Bill do I yeah. just like, Steals and I mean, baseball. When he's not <laughs> yeah, but just it, signed by some lady. Uh, who knows? Who cares? But yeah, no. I mean, like you could tell that he Bill wanted to care. He was he he was there or was trying to be. I don't know okay. how to put it, but it, it that this is also on the other side of my sheet too, kind of. Yeah, you know what? I have the same, uh, same, uh, same uh, but, sentiments but thought, about that. <laughs> but I thought the early relationship, where he's like just the interactions and stuff, to me felt authentic. Yeah, like a, uh, a father stepson, authentically awkward. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, Paul, what wasn't? What was something that wasn't actually very awkward about this movie for you? In fact, I you liked it. Really enjoyed the early 60s music and product references like everywhere like the cars and the everywhere you look it Mm -hmm. was just very cool it was a cool time to go back to it looked like okay nice so if back to the future was to go to another time period you would have wanted to be the sandlot sure Oh, Sounds could like I have that movie? Sandlot's not a time period. Where I, I, I'm talking right now, Patch. Could I have this where Marty and Doc, like just the DeLorean just like charges in into the Sandlot and they open up, guys, we got to go back in time. Your your future's at stake. Benny, if you want to be a baseball player, we got to go back. Where? This, where, Doc? Back to the past. Because I just said that. This is why Francisco's a podcaster here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Patch, fine. Fellow podcaster, what did something else you liked about the Sandlot without Back to the Future in it? <laughs> well, first of all, Back to the Future is perfect as is. It doesn't need to be in anything else necessarily. So I'll just No, no, that. no. See, that's why it needs to be in other things, to add perfection to them. Because, yes, no, it is perfect. It's fine. In it's itself. fine. It's fine by itself, as you will notice in our 300th episode on the Feel and Film podcast at feelandfilm.com. Nice plug. All right. Anyway, well, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think for me, in the same vein as the uh, as the baseball reference, I love summer. I love this season. There's a mm-hmm. there's a really uh, cool thing when you when you're able to actually depict a season in a way that feels very kid like. Yeah, and I yeah. think what I think what the movie did so well was it really gave us a a kid perspective as opposed to just like this is summer in the suburbs. No, this is yeah. summer to a kid, and in particular, I love the um, the Fourth of July scene mm-hmm. where the only Fires. night game that yeah. you can have at the Sandlot is in the 4th of July because they're in this small town that's not covered with lights. Yeah. That you don't have all this light pollution. You can actually see the ball. And I get that that's probably not realistic right. in some towns on the West Coast that are surrounded by lights and No, and I was thinking it's, small- it, it's not realistic because the game only lasts, what, a few minutes? <laughs> yeah, because the fireworks are not going to be going all night like that. Yeah. But... But I will say this about that mm. in the fact that when you talk about a movie that is depicting summer, it's yeah. not an accurate portrayal. It's a it's a kid's perspective. And for a kid yeah. like me growing up in the 1980s, the summer nights lasted until like 1230. Like I felt like the sun stayed out so long because we were always outside. We were running up mm-hmm. and down the street, racing our bikes and all these different things. And I thought that this movie 
in particular, the, the scene right before they go to the pool. Yeah, I live in Arkansas, and it gets butt hot in the summer where yeah. you feel like you're going to just tear your face off because it's so hot, yeah. and you want to go inside with air conditioning and stuff like that. So there's this really great depiction of what summer for a kid feels like, especially mm-hmm. in an American town, and uh, in particular in the suburbs. So I thought that was really great. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll say my my next, like, before I get to our classmakers, that dovetail, dovetails really well into that passion. I thought this movie was – it almost – the cinematography for it was almost felt like a grown-ups movie. And I'll try to elaborate that. Like so many kids' movies, there's something there's a quality to them that feels very kid-ish. I and I I wish I could I wish I had a better vocabulary to describe that. But this movie felt like it was shot like a a, a very uh legitimate, very um uh, authentic movie. Like it's very cinematic. A lot of a lot of the wide shots were great. I just really liked what they did in terms of shot composition and lighting and how, uh, except for the fireworks, which were very, you could tell they took a four by three, they squished it, and then they superimposed it back. You see sparks coming over the house. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Whatever, it's 1993. Okay, fine. But. Whoa. But. <laughs> I, think we, I think we hit a, hit a nerve or a spark. Yeah, don't, don't don't mess sounds like it. Sounds like it. away from the mic for a minute here. <laughs> Regardless, though, or but the whole movie in general, I thought was shot very well. So I think I know what you mean. It's not playing like it's to like Nick Jr. or something. Yeah, but it's, it's or more like, like a, a like a Disney Channel movie yeah. type thing. Whereas, yeah, it's, it's just shot very like lots of close ups, lots of like we want to make sure everyone gets the exact same coverage. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's almost shot to remind the adults of what it was like to be a kid like it's yeah, for adults in that aspect it's like yeah i could to see bring that. them back to their to their childhood mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now let's bring the podcast to our classic makers the things we loved most about the same love yeah! all right paul go ahead <laughs> thing i love most about the sandlot is the cast i i really enjoyed the kids and uh each one of them was very different and and i i that's why i like to watch this movie is for the kids to see Mm -hmm. them play around well for me in particular i'll I'll just go my classmaker since it's related i loved uh benny how benny included smalls into the game i think you were saying that earlier uh daryl how they related or that he came in uh, pretty early and they accepted him and but i love that benny was sort of the callus for that because he was sort of the leader of the group he didn't have to None use of that of. he was the leader of the group and he was the catalyst and he kept pushing <laughs> and he was the big pusher exactly yeah and so he he i don't know what it was he didn't have to be as kind to smalls as he was but he decided to be that. He decided to really, you know, try to bring him in, try to have the other guys see that he was worthwhile. And I just really appreciated that because he didn't have to exercise his, I mean, kid power, I guess, in that way. But he did. And I thought that was just really, really admirable. So I love that. That was my as, classic maker. As Francisco completely steals mine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. No, no. Um, ben, Benny was definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I can change it, but uh, no, no, I have a couple it. others, but add on, add on. But no, I, I loved the fact that Benny, the the cool kid, the best one, mm-hmm. 
was the one to reach out and yeah in so many movies that character is the one that's like the last one to accept the new kid like you exactly prove yourself to the leader you got to prove yourself to the ace player before he'll let you in Mm -hmm. and in this he's the one like giving him the glove giving him the hat and it's like he, he didn't use his kid power to be a jerk Exactly. Uh, he, he used it to reach out to that kid that nobody else in the group would have reached out to. Yeah. If Benny hadn't done it. Yeah. While, we're, while we're talking about Benny, who mm-hmm. had the when he grew up, he got nicknamed the Jet. Did you ever think that was like weird? Like Benny and the Jets is like two. It's probably a play on words. Benny and the Jets. Okay. No, no. <laughs> so it's supposed to be coincidental or. Anyway, no, I think it's, right. I mean, Paul, I think it's a play on words, just like with, uh, with Ham, the great Hambino. I mean, there's, yeah, there's pop culture references, I think, in, in a lot of those nicknames that you're oh, just latching okay. into. Yeah. So he's he's an actual, is he an actual baseball player? No. Hambino and the Jet? No, the Benny, <laughs> Benny Jet. Benny, Benny no, Jet. No, no. Not. Oh, really? This was, really? this oh. is, this isn't a documentary, Francisco. <laughs> It's not a biopic either. Sorry. That would be well, my I... tragic maker if it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that was terrible. The, I was going to say, that's the rookie. We reviewed that one. Thanks. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was, was a biopic. Sure. Yeah. That, okay. All right. Fair. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting things confused, guys. No. Um, before. Okay. Let's see. So that was. Um, before we get to Patch's uh, classmate, I'll just uh, put this one in real quick. Uh, Dale says, seeing James Earl Jones's. Uh, seeing James Earl Jones is my classic maker. When the door opens and it's him, it was awesome. And that's that's pretty cool that yeah, they good. in the story, the black and white story, you don't. It's not James Earl Jones; it's someone else. Uh, so it's cool to you actually find out the real uh, Mr. Myrtle is uh, played by played by Mufasa himself. But, Baseball Ray. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Patch, what was the thing you loved most about the Sandlot? So, I mean, I think we're all in, in agreement that the cast is really great. And yeah. when you have an ensemble cast... <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't go that far. I would. Let him speak. <laughs> Part of the cast is is great. Just <laughs> for all of us. How about that? Let's just... Let's all right. Just, I'll, I'll be the here, diplomat here. Here, here. But I think with any ensemble cast, you've got such a great variety. And mm-hmm. obviously, the script is really well done. It definitely is a, a kid, uh, a kid-centric script. Lots of great yeah. lines all around. But mm-hmm. if I had a classic maker, it would be the one guy in the cast that probably has the best lines or the ones that stand out the most. And that's Hamilton, the great yeah. Hambino Porter. Yes. I mean, along with your killing me smalls, which I think everybody says, or yeah. most people, except like yep. two in mm-hmm. the entire world. But he has such great comebacks, especially during that sort of mock game or that rivalry match with the uh, professional you know if my dog yeah. was as ugly as you i'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backward that's a great one um and then <laughs> when he is uh when he's behind the plate this is what you would oh, think yeah. a, a catcher would do just distracting yes like, like, yes that hurry was up, batter. it's gonna be a short game then i gotta get home for lunch and is that your sister out there in the left field naked <laughs> naked you know just things like that it's just completely juvenile and completely accurate for that level of of sportsmanship like it's yeah. all about the trash talk mm-hmm. and it doesn't you get play so ball like a girl there you go 
you know, it's just a lot of uh, great dialogue that doesn't get really to me overblown. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like it gets worn out. It's it's timed really well. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had more of the kids doing that, it would really feel like it's just way too much of writing jokes. And this feels oh, like you yeah. have that one guy in the group that's going to be the <laughs> the dude that's going to that's going to yes. come back and he has no he has Jeff no Bridges is in this? <laughs> no, but I know growing up it, there are different different people I would hang around with. There was always that one person that was always the trash talker more than someone yeah. else. Yeah. 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 It, it made yeah he's the equivalent of a hype man in a in a in a probably a, a hip hop group like the, Yeah. There we go. Yeah, he's going to be the trash talker. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that was my Come on, pee drinking crap face. Yeah. Killer. Oh my so good. Goodness. Awesome guys. Well, I guess it's time to get to some trill. Ha! Ah, why? You know, I should read my notes beforehand, guys. I don't know why I don't just like it'd be easy. I just scan. Oh, these are my these are my likes. So sorry I forgot about this. But uh, there's something else I like. Stunning and brave. Each week, hosts Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. That's great, Francisco. What does Stunning and Brave have to do with the Sandlot? Well, uh, so... I, I guess the the one girl, uh, Pickle Pavarotti, whatever her name was, was uh, the lifeguard. I forget her name. It's something like that. Wendy, oh. Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah, that's why I said yeah, Wendy. Her name's not Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Pickle Pepper Piper Crack Corn. I don't care. Uh, her her name, whatever her name was, she was I guess stunning to the kids, and it was brave of that one, uh, you know glasses guy to to go up and and uh fake drown to kiss her so stunning and brave paul wow that's quite the tie-in <laughs> <laughs> i suppose you might like some trivia tie-in is that what more yeah, we want something a little closer to the film that would be cool all right sorry can't do a home run every time anyway did you all realize that writer and director david evans is the narrator of the film now, I don't really care for his narration, feeling like he was trying wow. to sound too much like Daniel Stern from Wonder Years. I feel like he's just trying to totally inflect that way. But quite, my question to you guys is, if you could have anyone else narrate this movie, who would you have picked? You can pick any great Tommy Lasorda. He was the, that, that's the baseball the, he, he was the announcer for decades for the Dodgers. Oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. Okay, Tommy Lasorda from Paul. How about you, Patch? Wait a minute. Go ahead. Um, who I'm thinking of. Let me think. Tommy Lasorda is the the manager. No, Tommy Lasorda was the manager. Of yeah, the he's not. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. I'm getting my Dodgers mixed up. My, Come back uh, to me because I have Jim a couple. Carrey, I'm to pick. The yes. manager of the Houston Rockets. Vin, yeah. No, no. Vince Scully is who I was thinking of. Oh, Vince Scully. Yeah, okay. I was, that's who I was going to say was Vince Scully. He is oh, really? fantastic. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been good. How about you, Daryl? I'm trying to remember his name. It was an old Tigers announcer. So I'm... Oh. Tony the Tiger? He's no, great. No. no, they've actually got a like statue for him up at Comerica Park, which is a Tiger stadium. Mm-hmm. But he was a long-time announcer. Mario. Rob. No. 
Yeah. Is it Dan Dickerson? Ernie Harwell. Uh, yes. That's who it is. Ernie Harwell. Uh, okay. Ernie Harwell. Yeah. Was... Bernie Darwell. I loved him. Er- Ernie Harwell. Yes. Yeah, cool. Ernie okay. Hardwell. He was uh, he was an announcer for the Tigers for a long time. Like, he passed away. Yeah. Oh. Like, he, he, I mean, it's been several years now. Oh, okay. But, like, he was... Like he, he, I don't know if he actually retired out or if he did. It was like only a couple of years before he passed. Like he did it for years. Wow, crazy! Like he did the Tigers announcing, and mm-hmm. so just to hear a baseball voice. But I mean, like I'm, what is it? Uh, he was he's my hometown guy. So oh, I'm, so you're uh, biased. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a little bias in there. Sure, yeah, no he was always good. Yeah. Bob Euchre oh, cool. comes to mind too. He's a good baseball announcer. Bob Kirk. Bob, Bob Kirk. Bob Euchre. Bob, oh, okay. Bob Kirk, like uh, Star Trek. That guy? Sure. So, Francisco. So, yeah. That's... Francisco, since you don't know who any of these people are, who, who would you well, pick? Kevin Costner. Yeah, I love that, Stacey. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Costner's up there for me. Yeah. <sighs> Kevin Costner, sure. Um, I'm, I mean, so With when all accent. What else? <laughs> I I sort of go by my own stand, goal stand by uh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it it might have been interesting to have James Earl Jones do the narration. Oh, that, that would have been interesting. And then, ha- and then have him still be that character. Right. Have the story told from his point of view. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like I mean, it, it makes... wouldn't quite work only because he's blind. But to have like the kids playing in his yard and he just enjoying well, it, he like, could re- reiterate the... the stories that they would tell him. But I almost, I imagine like they gave it a pass because how would you not with him there? You know, it's like, hey, let's try this out. But yeah. oh yeah, you think yeah, the good point. But I don't know why. Yeah, so uh, the director's voice just didn't work for me for whatever reason. Regardless, though. Uh, that's thanks guys for answering that trivia. Yeah, the great trivia, Francisco. Thank and you now that we have all had some trivial fun, my name's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> exactly. With Morgan Freeman, <laughs> let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about the Sandlot. All right, Squid says, "Pertaining to drown is a surefire way to find yourself a mate," and it was in the greatest summer of my life that he taught me how to play baseball. Drew the Cellcast says, "Forever." Also, this was the first time I'd ever heard the song Tequila. Oh, not dun, a Pee Wee Herman dun, 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 dun. fan. Yeah, right. Star Fox says, the smooth idea on how to kiss the lifeguard, how Benny uh, takes the new kid under his wing, and James Earl Jones was great in this film. Sorry. Uh, just the, the whole, this you're talking the smooth idea of how to kiss the lifeguard. No, it's not a smooth idea, kids. That's very uh, not the way to do things. I was about no. to say, Especially in today's culture, you're <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, someone's going to call right. Anyway, Ashley Cronvitter says, I mostly remember the line, you're killing me, Smalls, and not much else. Kids play baseball in an empty lot. There's a scary big dog, and James Earl Jones is there too. Wow, she did remember a lot. She goes on to say, <laughs> I'd rather watch Angels in the Outfield or Rookie of the Year. You might want to as well. Ooh. Ooh. And Babo ends this with, I remember thinking the deal 
G or J E J James Earl Jones. Oh, geez. Okay, of course. Uh, thank you. Thinking the deal James Earl Jones makes with the kid about coming by once a week to talk baseball was a pretty cool thing. A great turnaround for a kid to go from a scary place to suddenly having a new friend there who wants to chat about your favorite subject. But I'm sure the filmmakers have a few things they'd like to turn around and change. Hmm. Well, I don't know about the filmmakers, but there's probably some things we would have changed. In fact, we, uh, thought they were things we didn't like so much. So let's get into the, those things and talk about them in the worst segue ever to our worst three. Oh, worst three thing. No. oh yes. Now it's my time to shine. Um, <laughs> let's start with Daryl this time. What's something you actually didn't like about uh, the Sandlot? Uh, By the way, I, I will say before wow. I thought I, I was say, the master interrupter. This, <laughs> Stepping up this your game, is Captain. Paul's birthday pick for this year. So by all means, trash you know, it. Trash it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Joe. Uh, I'll, I'll start with this one because it did kind of come up already. Was mm-hmm. the kissing scene. Uh, is there a kissing in this movie? Yeah, the, the pool. The, the yes, pool I know. I, the lifeguard. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that being a big theater person, uh-huh. consent is like extremely important. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like this was all set up; it was planned, so that that wasn't an issue. I thought this was a documentary. You guys keep spoiling for me. Gosh, <laughs> but just okay. with just the importance of it, like mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, on and off the stage, but yeah, like right now, I I mean, I we're back into the theater, but everything is super consent. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if it's me putting my hand on your shoulder during a scene all the way up to kissing, everything is planned and rehearsed and everybody knows what's going on. So to mm-hmm. like, I understand like stealing a kiss when you're out on a date or something like that. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing, but it's not called stealing first base. <laughs> But uh, no, just I, I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned. Just the way he did it and everything. I just I didn't yeah, like it. I didn't like it either at all. Yeah, um, yeah, Squints, you got that. No more of that. <laughs> is that his I name? Think that Squints. Was, I think that's Squints. kind of the point. I mean, you play yeah. it for last, but the fact is, everything about what he did was wrong. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, a, and from a nine or ten or eleven year old. I mean, obviously, they're not thinking about consent. They're thinking about other things. So, right. um, Oh, absolutely. Nothing, I think the depiction, while the outcome is unjustified, because we can all agree with, with you, Daryl, that no, consent is always there. I right. think it, it in today's, in today's, from today's eyes, it's definitely an awkward oh, yeah. moment. And it's something that it's really oh, yeah. challenging yeah. to watch something like that. You have to be able to put it in context, not only of when the movie came out, but also the context of who's doing it. Oh, absolutely. And I I know what they were trying to do, but it still just makes you go like, right. I mean, seriously, it's just so upsetting, guys, that this lifeguard was trained so poorly that she's checking his heart. Obviously, it's beating if he's not drowned. Right. I'm sure she can tell. Well, no, obviously, she can't tell because she's a very poor lifeguard that he's actually fine. So it's ridiculous that they just totally besmirch the role of lifeguard in today's community pools. 
and it goes on and and on and on and And then the fact that that's that's what we're upset about right guys no and then the fact that uh not only did it happen but then she almost like afterward he always got the smile afterwards. So yeah, was, yeah. Well, that's the part I really it. didn't like. Yeah, exactly. What that, do you mean? Like, it's, it's a happy ending. Something this bad. is what I'm talking it about. It all worked out. It, it turned into a happy ending because, like they say, they got married and had, like, nine kids at the end right. of the movie. Which but, is... But it's just, is, like, oh, the, the, in, the, in the moment, I don't see any girl being okay with that and giving him yeah. the approval. Yeah. after it happened like every time he walks by you got to smile i'm like that that's he is so unrealistic well that's between squints and wendy it but is see, this, but this that, is what that, i'm talking about so it's not just disobedient children it's disobedient children with no consequences worse yet they're rewarded for that disobedience that's how the world works sometimes sometimes but I don't have to like it. And apparently Daryl didn't either. So thank you, Daryl. Uh, let's go to Patch next. What's something you didn't like? So the uh, the climactic ending with the chase, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. I thought was set up really well. But as I have gotten older in my in my years, I kind of want condensed action sequences. And I thought <laughs> the set pieces were a little too long for my yes. taste. Yes. Was, I can Very appreciate great. what it was doing to set up the whole jet and being able to run that far in his PF flyers. But there's, you know, you can, you can make it a little bit shorter. So yeah, oh, it wasn't, wasn't my favorite. Totally. favorite the, there. Did Ferris Bueller came out before this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering yeah. if they are trying to homage that summer trial. Like they need to have so, the same music going though. <laughs> so, this, so, so the length of that is, pro- I mean, I haven't, obviously I could have to look at them side by side. I would imagine they're the same length. Mm-hmm. But there's enough, there's enough comedy in the Ferris Bueller sequence where yes. that one point where he stops and he says hello to the girls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where he has, mm-hmm. Those things are really just playing up his character more. Whereas when you have Benny running through the entire town, the the excitement is that he's running through the entire town and he's you know, the dog's messing up everything. Like yeah, I was the about to say the dog jumps through the screen. And- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's 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 a nice comedic effect, but it feels like a gag that sort of plays itself out after the first two or three scenes that the dog yeah. messes up. It's kind of like in Christmas Vacation, the dog is just completely trashing the yes. house. And you're like, okay, yeah, we know you trashed the house. Let's, let's stop now. <laughs> I get a little anxious because you know. Yes, uh, exactly. Maybe that's maybe that's a little traumatic moment for me. There you go. <laughs> it's, so here, here's the thing. So guys, I actually, I actually thought that Benny was a real character that that they had sort of given this backstory to, like it just sort of dramatized his backstory. But if this is just pure like out of whole cloth, why didn't they make him just so fast? He outran the dog completely. Like the dog was like nowhere to be seen. I feel like that would have been the way to go. And apparently by your silence, I'll take agreement to my point. Uh, Let's go to uh, Paul next. Did you feel like any parts of this were too long or did something else? Oh yeah. Finally getting to me. All right, so one of the things I didn't like is at the very beginning, you talked about how Benny brought in uh, Smalls. I'm like, 
but why does he bring him in if he's no good? Like the kid says, like his sister could play better. Like then bring her in. Why That's are you bringing why this not bring kid it, in? Bring in sister. Yeah, this, exactly. This guy, small, sorry, but at, at, at the beginning, you have no business being on the field. That's fine. <laughs> you can watch, but I don't understand the, you could, Benny could try to be his friend. You can connect on other things. You don't have to do yeah. baseball. That's it fair. just didn't make sense to me why there was the constant tr- him trying to bring him on. And related to that, Paul was one of the things I didn't like where uh, Benny says to, um, I think to Smalls, this is baseball. Gotta, you got to stop thinking. And I'm like, yeah, tell that to Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. You, you, don't, you don't think about baseball. No, they're thinking of that's stats and numbers. Yeah, exactly. You got to think. You got to think. Yeah. Y- yeah. Baseball. Yeah, don't 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 think. So don't think about putting the glove up to catch it. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, that, I know that's a bit of a ridiculous, like or uh, a bit of a long stretch. But I thought that was a little. I I get the sentiment of like you know there is there is an element to sports with like going with your gut and just what what sort of feels right. But that's I think after you've developed uh, an aptitude for whatever the sport is, not like right at the beginning. Yeah, but, I agree with that a little bit. I think part of it was Benny was realizing he was overthinking it. That's fair. And, That's and fair. that, and they kind of play into that with like, uh, smalls, like bedroom where it's all the sciencey stuff. And he's got the erector set and everything. He's more of the sciencey kid. And yeah. He's, and he's trying to overanalyze playing a game. And Benny's like, yeah, stop overanalyzing it and just have fun. Yeah, that's the sentiment I got from the line. That's fair. I I was, you know, but I was, (laughs) yeah, and I'm just going to, I'm not going to say more. That's, that's totally fair though, Daryl. That's totally fair. Um, let's go to, let's go back to Daryl. What's something else you didn't like about this film? Um, I had to reach for a few things because I didn't find too much. Oh, do you need some help? I can help you. (laughs) No, no, I got a, I got a couple. It just, for me. The kids being like nine or ten, mm-hmm. I didn't like their cussing. Yes, I mean, it, it it like I understand kind of why they did it, but mm-hmm. for the age that they were having these kids in today's society, I might believe it. But in the sixties, was that realistic? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have mean, no obviously, idea. I don't know. I'm not nearly old enough for that, but it just yeah. it felt it, out of place. And my yeah. brain's so warped. I was shocked how little cussing there was between them. <laughs> <laughs> or like when you watch Goonies and such. But anyway. yeah, I don't know. It just, I mean, it it wasn't overdone, and I was uh-huh. thankful for that. But yeah, it just I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think it fit. I didn't think it was needed. Yeah. Especially for the kids being as young as they were. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that just kind of rubbed me a little wrong, but yeah, it didn't totally. pull me out or nothing. But Okay. That's fair. Patch, uh, was there anything about the, the script writing or anything like that that pulled you out of the movie? Or was there just something else that you found distasteful about it? No, I think, you know, the Sandlot is meant to be that kid perspective. I have to kind of take that as a mindset when I watch it. And so... <laughs> you know, the length of that last, that last chase scene, I think the, the whole sequence again, played for laughs at the carnival ride, just all the vomiting. Yeah. Um, it's so there's, there's, there's comedy that 
appeals to certain people. And so sure. you mm-hmm. have like my wife who absolutely loves physical comedy. Like I yeah. can listen to Ted Lasso's dialogue all day because it's just great writing. But the moment that somebody trips on screen, my wife loses it because she right. absolutely loves physical comedy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when you look at something like the Sandlot and that seat, that, that scene in particular, that's very specific to an audience, an age group, mm-hmm. a demographic, a, a, a gender, you know, it's, mm-hmm adolescent boys you know making fart sounds that that's kind of the thing like my son would probably who's nine right now would absolutely just think that's hilariously gross mm. yeah. but the you know the 40 year old me is like all right let's move it along you've made exactly. your point and again exactly. I, I think it's just it's, it's where you are in life where yeah at some point <laughs> you've got to grow up and some things just aren't they don't have to be tasteful they mm-hmm. can be tasteless for the sake of that but the length of them I think can be constrained where you're, you get the shock and then you don't have to stay with it because at the end of that thing, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is just, I mean, you can say it's not realistic because a lot of the stuff in this movie is very hyper realistic in terms of, cause it's coming from the imagination of a child. You know, if you're, if you've got a, a voiceover who's recalling the story, I'm pretty sure if this were a real story, that much throw up wouldn't have happened. But the fact is as a kid, you're going to think like, dude, it got over everything and all these people, so seeing that played out, I think, mm-hmm. loses its luster as you get older <laughs> in terms yeah. of the comedy of it. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, and I would, I felt the same way about a lot of those jokes. It's just like, come on, let's do, yeah, let's pick up the pace here, uh, Sandlot. Uh, but uh, Paul, what was something that you didn't uh, like about this film? Oh, I what disagree. Else I like? thought those were great. Anyway, <laughs> especially that last line where he burps is, oh, I feel better. Just laughed out loud. Anyway, moving along. Uh, something I didn't like, um, something that took me out of the movie, because, mm-hmm. you know, different strokes for different folks, was how fake the beast looked and like the paws, like the and everything. Oh, yeah. I, like when I saw it in the theater uh, when it first came out, I don't remember it looking that that fake, but. Watching it now, I guess with adult eyes, and it just looks so fake. I'm like, I mean, at least they... it wasn't CG. <laughs> no, but couldn't at least they like get closer on the dog's paw rather than like a giant fake looking thing, you know? Or there's oh. there's ways to do that. Oh, I'll discuss in okay. a bit. Um, but yeah, that's a totally fair point, uh, Paul. Um, so Daryl, I. I wonder if you had mentioned something about uh, the stepdad and and uh, Smalls's what's his first yeah. name Stewie Scott. Sto- Scott. Scott yeah that's, do you Scott. remember yeah. any of the names in this? bite me Paul okay um, <laughs> so Smalls uh, I suppose you don't even know who the babe is either <laughs> no, no the babe no of course uh, I thought you said Bambi. <laughs> Anyway, stop lying. Stop lying. I get you in trouble. <laughs> anyway, um, I I found, and I'd be curious if this this made one of your dislikes too as well, Daryl. Um, that something about how he was, I wasn't sure if I was more frustrated with with um Smalls, uh, for not being able to throw the ball and overthink it and just being so like just mm. almost crippled by that, or Dennis Leary's character. For try, just like not really doing anything to teach better. So it's like he just kept right. doing the same thing over and over again. It's like, okay, well, obviously yeah. I need to get closer. Obviously I maybe underhand it. You know, start start real close. I mean, 
Right. It's just, it's, it's just, I know you're not a dad. I know you, this is your first kid and he's 10 and that's really strange. You're, you have to develop all these things, but it's just, I don't know if, I don't imagine you were great when you were first a kid throwing a ball. And so you could sort of empathize in that way. But so. Daryl, what was is was that the part you like as well or something else? It was it was basically that. I mean, like he, he was like reluctant. Like he's like, yeah, I'll teach him. Uh, just give me some time and blah blah blah. And then just like, yeah, he was repeating himself. It was like, well, just do this, do that, and you could see the difference when Benny was trying to show him. Like he took something that he could relate to. It's like. Have you ever done a paper out? You ever throw that? Think of it like that. It's the same. Oh, yeah. and, he, and he broke it down differently. He didn't. Yes. How can he throw a, a paper but not a ball? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Again, no, I think he it, was just overthinking it. Yeah. So, but it, like he took some. Benny made it relatable. It's like yeah. Just because I understand it this way doesn't mean you're going to. So I need to break it down or teach you the way you would learn. Exactly. And then just, I mean, you could tell he was kind of trying, but even his, even his attitude after he hits, Smalls catches it and the ball hits him in the eye and dad's, I mean, he brings him in, but he's, his whole attitude about it was just like, well, at least he caught it this time or something like that. Mm, Which is good. Yeah. No? Yeah. I don't know. It just, I don't know. He felt very callous to me. Like, yeah, it but, felt very callous to me. Yeah. And I think, but I think some of that has to do with the fact that, that Bill and, and his, and his relationship with Scott are, are equally distant. Yeah. I mean, and we can't infer that, you know, Bill just ignored Scott. I mean, there's a lot that's happening. And we, the story opens up with Scott's moved to a new town. We assume mm-hmm. because, his stepfather had got a the new mom. job. You know, mom's yeah, with the mom. <laughs> he becomes Captain Stacy. You know, he has to hunt down Spider Man eventually. <laughs> so this is his early days. <clears throat> anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's an origin story for Captain Stacy. This is wow. what it is. Wow. A long lost son or stepson <laughs> that he doesn't know. We don't care about. Anyway, but I but I look at that relationship this time around and I yeah, I'm, I'm like you guys. I don't have that relationship with a, a stepfather, mm-hmm. but my wife mm-hmm. has a relationship with a stepmother, and so I, I've in being married, I hear these stories about growing up and how it became. You almost have two types of step parents: those that are either overly involved or mm-hmm. those that are distant. And I'm not saying that all step parents are that way. I mean, there's there are definitely some great relationships where step parents come in and they. They have, as one comedian that I was listening to put it, they have a, a new lease on their uh, on their marriage where they, you know, they're leasing these new children. Like they picked up the oh, lease on oh, some, some gotcha. kids. But but there's some love to that because of the fact that you know you have to figure out, okay, you're not this kid's biological dad. You weren't mm-hmm. around for the first however long. We don't know how long they've been married. Yeah. But the fact is, I think that when you look at Bill, he's he's trying to find a way. He doesn't know how to connect with Scott. Yeah. And I think that by the end, when we see that Scott's got this baseball uh, passion or not, mm-hmm. you know, a semi-passion or a connection, his dad found something to connect with. And so now they're playing catch, which is obviously the quintessential father-son type yeah. of activity that you can do. And so I think they both had those kinds of distant 
traits that they didn't know how to connect with each other. And so it was so great to hear Scott go, uh, dad, uh, Bill, uh, and, and yeah. having that, you know, what do I call him? The mm-hmm. same thing with, with, uh, with Bill, he's comfortable with work and he is married. And those are the things that he knows. We are, but like, to, <laughs> I, kind of feeding off that, like you could tell Scott was the nerdy kid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his stepdad loved baseball. So to me, when Scott's coming to him and like trying to learn to play catch, I, you'd think that dad would latch onto that faster. Yeah. Like, yeah, th- yeah. this is my in with him, and he's almost putting him off. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Eh, later. I'm, I'm busy. Yeah. I- I'm blessed. I-, I had the dad that was there. I still do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm that's not the kind of thing my dad would do. So yeah. I, right. Yeah. And so, I, I, but, again, yeah, Daryl, I think that, I think that plays into the fact that Bill knows what his comfort level is. Right. And yeah. while he, he loved baseball, maybe he, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get into a defend Bill here, but yeah. I think, uh, I think there is some elements there that he didn't have this way to connect with, with, uh, with Scott. And so even when you watch that scene play out, the fact that Scott doesn't know how to catch, I think that throws Bill off. It's like, how do you not know how to catch the ball? Yeah. And, and, and that speaks to what you're saying that he wasn't teaching him. He wasn't, he was really just sort of feeling like a, like a coach at that point, frustrated at the fact that Scott wasn't able to do the basics of basic of things. But the fact yeah, that's is, a good way to think of that. my yeah. son is nine years old and does not know how to ride a bike. And so I have that hanging over my head of like, do I need to teach him at some point? Or is he going to mm. live life not knowing how to ride a bike? Yeah! It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to catch a ball. It's not easy yeah. to do that. And while in the same vein, Benny saying, hold your glove up like this, and he catches it is unrealistic. I think that sure. in the other end of that, there is a little bit more of hyper-realism to Bill being kind of hyper-instructive as opposed to being a father. I think it just elevates the fact that they're both really awkward with each other. And that while Scott's kind of extending that olive branch, Bill needs a little bit more comfort level. And I think the the ball and his adventure connected him. It's not that mm-hmm. he became this great person that could catch a ball. I mean, he still was not a great baseball player, but mm-hmm. he understood that world in a way that, that Bill understood it. And so they could connect in that level. So so they understood that about each other. And like you said, they could yeah. connect on that level. Let's get into our tragic makers for the Sandlot uh, I, I'm just going to, I, it's on my chest. I'm going to get it off my chest, guys. I know you've said, I think Patch has said, maybe Daryl and Paul, you've said also that this is, this is essentially how kids see the world. This movie is made sort of like from the imagination of kids. But I'm sorry. If you have this kid telling the story in the treehouse is the black and white sequence. Oh, yeah. And. Is Squints t- is telling the story? No, yeah, is that uh, his grandfather yeah. or great-grandfather? Yeah, yeah, whoever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He says the beast, the, the dog, is uh, kills, and he likes it. Okay, so why is he just throwing these uh, criminals away and they run away? Why, aren't, why isn't he eating them? Why aren't we seeing the eviscerated carcasses of these criminals? Otherwise, you don't tell me you're he killing eats them. He eats them, bone and all, no, he said. he's throwing them across the, the cars. He's not eating them. Oh, he's like, oh, oh, some, off launch some, pads. Some dogs and cats like to play with their food before they eat it. No, obviously they're getting away. They're, not, they're just well, they fine. Didn't, he didn't want them to. 
Well, you know, she this is a kid's him. imaginative I don't story. Care. I'm Leave not it done. alone, I'm not done. I'm not done. cranky I'm grandpa. I'm not done. Anyway, so you don't see him eating them or anything. I mean, even I know I realize it's PG. Fine, someone don't, has you know, to live to tell the it, story. Though. You can hint at it though, and then and then there is um, how in the world do all these kids make all these devices, which are cool? I will give you that, Paul. They're cool yeah. devices. How do they make them all these in one afternoon? Uh, shenanigans. There's no way they're doing Look, that. All these different things. That, that no, it's not going to happen. Afternoon. They had a week. The what? No, that's all one afternoon. No. Scott no, got the sense it was Scott, one afternoon. Scotty's dad was gone for a week. So when I understand, the final thing but they did, failed, he didn't know when he was coming back. I have the sense that it all happened in one afternoon. That's the sense I got. There were no like nighttime transitions, no like, oh, we got to think about a new plan in the morning. Look, None of that is one afternoon. I swear to goodness, it Scotty was. Scotty is I'm a not young. Done. I'm not listen, done. listen Scotty more. is a no, no, no. Scotty is a young. Uh, <laughs> Tony Stank or Tony what's wow, his name? Tony Iron Man. Stark Paul. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 I because listen, that. he has like a hundred construction sets that he just magically builds to make that thing. Then he so, should have made an Iron Man suit if he was well, going to go exactly. That but anyway, not so that I'm all, I'm almost done. Let me finish. Okay, so they make all these devices in one afternoon, which is ridiculous. And then what is the deal with this glasses kid? Squints. Let me whisper every single thing, even though. You're way over there, up the treehouse, over on the cross the sand line. Let me whisper every single thing. Oh, you got it. You got it, guys. I want the junk. Oh, you mean when he's on, on, on the periscope thing? Yes. Yes. I was about he, to say, he didn't. Yeah. He doesn't whisper one line. One time he doesn't whisper. Hey, and Francisco. also, bonus, how come you don't just turn the vacuums off? Why? Why don't you just turn them off? Oh, oh, no, we turn them on. There's no way to turn them off. Hey, Francisco. It says they glitched. You're, 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 you're tragic maker. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> that is my tragic maker. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you guys. I, I'm feeling better now. I'm feeling better. Okay. Got that off your so, chest. So final range. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's go to, let's go to uh, Paul next. What's your tragic maker? For this film. Sorry, I just laughing at Star Fox's comment in chat that said that your Southern Baptist <laughs> is coming out. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> um, actually, mine is so close to yours, Francisco. It Hallelujah, is, praise of Jesus. It is, I understand, look exactly what patch was saying this is a kid's tale this is like a big fish tale you know where things are slightly exaggerated looking back i understand mm -hmm. that and that's fine but to the degree of which it goes like i think that yeah like you're saying some of the the set like like i said there are many creative ways that they try to get the ball out mm -hmm. stick to three you don't need to go into five and six yes, and you don't need to go exactly. into you know, all these contraptions make one of them a big thing, not yes, like exactly. that'd be perfect. Things. And right. it's like, we got it. Then that's the exaggeration. I get it. Yeah. I also think this was trying to, to learn from home alone because there are a lot of screaming kids with big eyes that <laughs> Hollywood thinks is funny. So we're going to put this like, look, I, I was a kid and I hung around these and we did, crazy hijinks but none of us were screaming that often with yeah. our i mean we screamed every now and then but just tone it down 
I think if they had just toned it down, keep things here and there exaggerated, fine. But mm. overall, tone it down, and I think this could have done way better and been more beloved. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah, like because while I was watching this, I kept thinking, okay, Francisco, you didn't really watch this as a kid, and you saw Goonies as a kid. So what? Think about in that context. Okay, so what things in Goonies might have been exaggerated? And I feel like Goonies overall was a lot more grounded. There, all the traps were actual traps. The only thing that was a little. I, I, I think I mentioned in our Goonies episode, Data falling into that that pit and the 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 pinchers of power being able to yeah. hold him back. But it was just totally took me out. That's not going to happen. You're gonna you're gonna die, Data. I'm sorry. Pinchers um, of peril, but it, it, power. it's pinchers of peril. It's not pinchers, pinchers of, power? of power. Either way, right, it's it's a slinky holding him up, which is not exactly. very strong. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but on the whole, I feel like Goonies is. It's still fantastical, but I feel like there's a lot more groundedness to it, a lot more believability to it as opposed to this, which I get they're sort of things are set in the if you're come from the perspective of this is set in the imagination of these kids. Like, that's why the the dog's so big until they actually see the dog. Right. That's why they cut the giant octopus out. Okay, so but here's the thing. If that it's a real dog, it's not going to be chucking these metal contraptions up and like destroying them and not getting killed in the process. So anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I took, did my tirade. Paul, you agree. I don't think you're Fantastic. sorry. You're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, Daryl next. What was your tragic maker for the Sandlot? Um, I, you, you kind of came to me already and I, I had kind of had the stepdad at like the stepdad relationship and his callousness and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Like we kind of oh. touched on that a bit already. And that was mainly your tragic maker. And sorry. Yeah, about I that. mean, okay. the, the, no, no, that's all right. And the other scene I wasn't a fan of was the kids with the chewing tobacco. I mean, oh, yeah. 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 Like, oh, we're so cool. I mean, like in reality, I think that was realistic. And yes, yeah. because the big leaguers did it. Yeah. The kids, but. And I get the comedy of it. The kids don't know what they're doing, so they're swallowing, which is why I think they got sick. Oh, and, and being on the ride. First of yeah. all, I, I, being on the ride, <laughs> being on the ride, the tilt whirl, and I assume because the kid they they don't go into it, but I assume because the kids don't know what they're doing, they're probably chewing it like bubble gum, and uh-huh. you're not spitting bubble gum, right? So yeah. I assume these kids are swallowing that stuff and you oh. probably don't want to do that. So yeah. And the fact and, that they, but they do say afterward, yeah, we swore the stuff off after that, but it's just like, do you really need to put 10 year olds using chewing tobacco in a movie, whether it's realistic because their heroes do it or not? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a baseball movie. Yes. So I have, but but I'm curious. I have no idea. I've never had chewing tobacco. I have no idea what it tastes like. I've never smoked. Is does it taste good though? I mean, I don't. I I don't know. I don't know the flavors. I know people who do it, Uh and I know they have to spit it. Uh huh. Because I don't know, but I think I assume it's just another way to get their nicotine fix. Yeah, and that's why I thought was the main reason to to have it. But. Yeah. I mean, I, if it's if they put I I didn't get let's see I have this impression that it doesn't taste good, and so why would you? Oh yeah, if I and if I put some in my mouth that didn't taste good, I just would spit out right away. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, look at me chewing this stuff that tastes gross. But anyway, 
Okay, that's totally fair though, Gerald. I, I agree. I didn't care for that scene either. Though Paul apparently that was his classic maker. That's fine. Uh, yeah, Patch. kids chewing tobacco is my classic maker. <laughs> not Patch. What was your tragic maker for this film? Well, with any cast, you're gonna have an ensemble of people. The more you get, the less you're gonna utilize some folks. And yeah. the fact is, I understand that you need nine people to make a baseball team. Yeah, you need nine people. You need nine people. Sometimes to make 10 a fellowship of the ring. Yeah, I get <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there were obviously characters that were under underutilized. The, the twins, sure. uh, Tommy mm. and Timmy, I think were their names. Yeah. And there, it, this is a nitpick at this point, but I think the fact is, when you put an ensemble cast together, I don't want to see wasted cast members. I don't want to see just filler. Just like I don't want to see scenes of a television show being considered filler like i want purpose with all of these yeah and yeah, yeah. and it's hard you know as a, as a writer you want to make sure that every scene has meaning that it's pushing the plot along same mm -hmm. way with casting sometimes i feel like tommy and timmy were sort of thrown in like hey we need we need two more people uh right. okay and then let's give them a few lines of dialogue but if you had taken them out i don't think well, who else is going to be dust covered with dust and said, I should have thought of that. <laughs> so again, yeah, again <laughs> their purpose was to be the recipient of a gag. They right. had really no input into either pushing the story along, creating great dialogue. If you look at any of these other, uh, the, the other kid, I, again, I don't remember his name with the glasses, the tall kid. Uh, You're right. I was about to say the tall guy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the tall one. So yeah. you've got, you've got like five or six that have really good chemistry. They, they can live on their own in this world. But again, for the sake of the baseball team, you needed nine. In fact, that was a plot point. You know, we have, we have nine now, now that we got smalls here. So I understand it, but that's kind of a risk you take when you increase right. your team or your, your ensemble that so, I want to feel like there's some purpose with each one of them besides it, just filling in, in a blank. It, instead of squints adding to the hashtag me too, he, they should have, <laughs> and, and being the storyteller, they should have given the storytelling role to some other character. We didn't know, or, you know, like maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that that would have been a way to you know, give it to the give it to the tall kid who's yeah. like, you know, and I thought that I was the one that didn't have much to do on the baseball field until I met Smalls. You know? right. <laughs> oh, I know, guys. Let's expand this to three and a half hours. Then we have plenty of time for each character and they can get a ring and they can, can take, take it, it to Mount Doom. Hey, I think, let's do it. Let me just say this. There was screen time given to every night in the holy grail and so everybody had great screen time that was introduced there okay Ouch! <laughs> i thought he was talking about indiana jones <laughs> i mean that too the one night yeah, that you see, yeah. Had... every night had screen time yeah there was every only night. one in there so yeah. <laughs> awesome patch uh okay so yeah i i agree characters it would have been nicer if they are more utilized but now it's time to get back to not our own time it's time we get to our final rating now that we've entered all our trajectories, trajectories, if I could speak, into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready, on your mark. All right, guys, time for the moment of truth for The Sandlot. Do we rate it a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie whether or not you've seen it before, a 
nostalgic, it's only worth your time to rewatch it if you enjoyed it as a kid or a young adult uh, or in the past at some point. Uh, then it'd be worth your time to revisit it again, uh, re relive some of those awesome memories. But if you've never seen it before, leave it alone. Or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it, keep it that way. And if you have seen it and have fond memories of it, don't sully those memories with a rewatch. So let's start with our guests. Uh, let's start with Patch this time. What was your final rating for The Sandlot? You predicted classic. Did it maintain that rating? Like most meteorologists, I predicted correctly. <laughs> I say classic. Yeah. All right. <laughs> classic yeah! from Patch. <laughs> even though, even though the beast, he didn't actually kill anyone. That's and even better. The, the kids made turned... all these devices in an afternoon. Are you sure you want don't want to knock it down a peg? One thing that would have perfected it is if it was Jurassic Park. That would <laughs> oh. Maybe the Especially last the half first of it. third of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm right. sticking with classic. All right. Uh, uh, Daryl, what was your final reign for, it's, I was going to say Jurassic Park, for The Sandlot? It's still a classic. Still, still a classic. Great movie to rewatch. I mean, I won't watch it over and over and over like some movies, but it's good mm -hmm. one to pull out every now and then. It's fun uh, to sit down and watch. Totally yeah! fun. Paul, you had uh, gone against the grain and chosen Nostalgic as your prediction. What did it end up being for you? It wound up being nostalgic for me. There's a lot of good things, but again, too uh, exaggerated. If you like it, yeah, go ahead and give it a rewatch. And if not, then don't. <laughs> if <you haven't... laughs> and if you haven't seen it, 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 you know what? This movie is not really about baseball, even though it's like it's, throughout yeah. the whole thing. It's really about the nostalgic feeling of, you know, playing as a kid with other friends <laughs> And just so they, this movie does a good job of portraying that. Mm -hmm. And I, that's not why I predict I'm keeping it nostalgic, but I just wanted to give it this movie its kudos for doing that. That's fair. Uh, I am so torn, guys. I am very, very borderline tragic nostalgic on this. No! I am. No! Thanks, Paul. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think, like, it'd be very easy for me to say, well, Francisco, you didn't see this growing up, so of course it wouldn't be, you wouldn't have fond memories of it. But I could see people that did grow up with it having fond memories, so it makes sense that it'd be nostalgic. But I don't want to succumb to just the will of the masses. Yeah, how would based you? On me. You. Yeah, me, because this is Francisco's show around now. Well, we each have our own unique voice. Exactly. That's exactly. why we, we're on here. And I'm just trying to think there's, I don't, in terms of like the, a quality movie, I feel like there's, this movie does a lot of wasting, essentially wasting my time <laughs> in ways that I don't go to the movies for. And that's not to say that it's a horrible movie or the worst movie ever, like My Python on the Holy Grail, but I, I, there's not, I... Just if, say it. If I wasn't going to, if I, if we weren't covering this movie, I don't think I would have ever seen it again. So I'm going to rate it tragic. You're killing me, Smalls. Good. I'm glad I'm killing you. Maybe that dog should have killed you, all those criminals, but he didn't. So whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> but according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate 
The Sandlot, a highly disputed classic film. If you've so if you've never seen this before, probably worth your time. And if you have seen it before, definitely give it a rewatch. Yeah! But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX? Sets online. Receiving incoming transmission. Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1993 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jaros Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks. Oh, he's right here. Woohoo! LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Ashley Cronenberg, Pastor Deucin, Kenneth Inn, Redeemed. <clears throat> Excuse me, redeemed otaku. That's our Baba, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, the Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Jays, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner. Oh, you're here too. Rosie. And in addition to seven other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all. S- Thank you all so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to retrorewindpodcast.com slash support to start. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking people, we also want to give a big baseball hug to Daryl <laughs> Hafner and Patrick Patch Hicks for supporting us with their thoughts on the Sandlot tonight. Let's go in alphabetical order, starting with Daryl. Uh, how can people find you online, or is there anything cool got you got going on? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on the Retro page, and I think I'm friends with a few members of the retro community just mm-hmm. on my personal page, which is cool. But um, I'm actually in the middle of directing my first play. What? So uh, finally get to do it. It was delayed. Uh, it will be almost a full two years. It'll be 23 months. Yeah, thanks to COVID, it was supposed to go up June of 2020, and it'll go up, in the end, it'll go up May of 2022. All right. Okay. Wow. You've so, had two years to perfect it. <laughs> yeah, not quite, because I haven't been meeting with my people. I I had to recast half my, Ooh, half my oh, people geez. had to be recast, and it actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Oh, awesome. Because I got to, my, my like, two leading ladies the ladies that were playing my Corey and my betsy uh-huh. uh were able to come back and those oh, were good. like two of the parts that i really didn't want to replace yeah and i had like half my people come back but a lot of the ones that couldn't mm-hmm. were the really young ones and mm-hmm. while i have zero issues with that i because of who i had i had like 12 year olds playing nazi guards a couple oh, of years oh, ago really? and it just like the cast i have now fits the show a lot better oh good, good. so awesome. i mean it ended up working out for mm-hmm. the better but uh i was so this is devastated at the time but. this isn't jojo rabbit no no this okay. is called the hiding place it's a okay. tr- true story world war ii it's a it's a holocaust story mm-hmm. but uh it, it it focuses on the miracles and stuff that happened even within the darkness of the times. It's a very faith-based mm-hmm. story. Oh, nice. Awesome. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if any of you are from Michigan uh, in the Port Huron area. 
but uh, we opened May sixth, and uh, what year? Twenty twenty two. Okay. And uh, enter stageright.org if you want tickets. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, and thank you, Patrick Patch Hicks, for coming and sharing your reviews. Uh, how can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? I am on Twitter mainly. You can find me at Shoeless Patch, S H O E L E S S P A T C H. I also co host the Feelin' Film podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Feelin' Film. We also have a website, feelinfilm.com, that has all of our good stuff like articles and mainly podcast episodes because that's what we do. Mm. And uh, we really just take a look at movies from an emotional standpoint, really kind of straying away from the technical stuff or at least getting less critical and more emotional conversations. So a lot of what you're going to hear from us, at least in the, especially in the more recent months, this last year, mm-hmm. are movies that we're picking that, we, that we've really enjoyed or that we really enjoy. Um, so you're going to get a good conversation, a positive conversation. And so come join that conversation. Cause we're going to have good stuff to say about most of the movies that we watch. <laughs> and so if you like that kind of stuff, that's where we're at. And do I recall that you guys have, you and Aaron have covered the Sandlot? I feel like you have, or am I misremembering that? Man, it's been, I think we have, I know <laughs> we've covered Field of Dreams. I'll have to look at our, at our feed. I think that's what they're that. doing right now. Oh yeah, they're looking the money. I'm seeing them both like clicking on their computers. I'm like, yeah, episode one sixty eight. One sixty eight. There it is. Yeah, beat ya. Oh yeah. So check out our thoughts on that more in extensive detail. Episode one sixty eight. Feelingfilm.com. But you'll miss out on all the awesome tirades of this episode. You know, if you want, yeah, if you want negativity, come join Francisco. Oh my gosh. Ah. Call him Negative Nancy over here. (laughs) All right, Nancy, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much, Patch. Thank you so much, Daryl. Thank you, Paul. And thank you to all uh, you rewinders, new or old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> and i am pauljpowers.com you can find all my social media links at pauljpowers.com and you can find me francisco ruiz on discord for show announcements and ju- or just to say hi join us there at retroreonpodcast.com slash discord this podcast is a proud member of culture box a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. And as Nathan just said, we are now part of Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. With that, Captain, we are on final approach to home base. We'll see if the Salvo Authority is there (laughs) waiting for us. Thank you, XO. And thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for... Harry and the Hendersons, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. 
So, Captain, how long do you think we'll be traveling through the space-time continuum? Oh, um, you know, let's see, uh, square of 45, carry the... That sounds like it'll go on for... Ever. Forever. Forever. That's cool, because this is a fun shindig. Then I have got a show for you. Ship like this, you're with it to the day you die. Retro. Because it's a death trap. The part of rewind. Pretty cunning, don't you think? They were robbed of time, young indeed, made them poor. Burnt out on dullness, what was it all for? With Firefly now, what reviews will they find? The hero of time, retro of rewind. We gotta go to the crappy town where I'm a hero. Yes, with uh, Head in Hands from Paul, <laughs> we are reviewing the fourth episode of Firefly, uh, named Shindig. Paul, we give us some of the technicals from this episode as we journey through all 13 episodes of Firefly to our Christmas uh, episode this year of the movie Serenity. Sure. Episode four, titled Shindig, was released November 1st in the year 2002. Do you want to give us a one-sentence synopsis of the plot? Yes. Uh <laughs> I do want to give you that once I think of it. Did so you the watch of, it? The, yes, I watched it. The crew All of right. Serenity uh, have to go and get you know get a job from Badger, who we met in the opening pilot, which you didn't know on the when you, if you're watching this on the TV. I series. thought you looked familiar. Yes. So they go get a job, uh, but uh, it's to uh, touch base with this. Social, uh, like uh, the snob guy. One sentence, Francisco. <laughs> I know, right? Curly's Ray is getting a job to, but there's a fight between Mal and one of Inara's clients because, again, she's a companion, like a concubine. Wow, not run on is just continuing. Okay, I can't do one sentence, okay? So me, Paul. You went through all young Indiana Jones, 24, 22 of them, or however many there were, with one sentence. You can't go through four fireflies? No, because these are actually complex stories oh, that can't be broken down so easily. Yeah. Call it. Break okay. It Mal gets into a fight with one of Inara's clients, but wins it, so gets a contract because of that, a job because of it. I love my captain. Thanks, Kaylee. Okay. Uh, so let's go around, guys. And first, before we before we go around and share one thing we like, one thing we don't like, oh, who our favorite character was, and if we'd continue watching the show. Uh, you Gerald, did that really well. You summed that up in one sentence. <laughs> Thanks. Daryl and Patch, have you both seen Firefly before, or is this your first time watching the show? First time. First time for Daryl. Okay. And Patch, how about you? My cat's in the way. Sorry. Um, He's going to stare at me until I tell the truth. And so here's the truth. Yes, I have seen it once through, but my confession is that I did not watch the episode in question or in conversation for tonight. So I will sit back and be a spectator. 
but you have seen this episode before. So if you remember anything from it. No. I mean, I've seen the series once. Yeah. So, so you must have years. seen this episode. Because So that my memorable. like is Nathan Fillion. My dislike is the fact that it was canceled after one season. I mean, there we go. Are we good? We'll come back to you later, Patch. Okay. There we go. <laughs> back to spectating. <laughs> All right. So... Let's uh, yeah go through one thing we liked about this episode. I'm going to start with Paul this time. I was really taken back during the dancing scene between Mal and Anira and mm -hmm. how much dialogue they had, but in and but it still seemed very natural with the dancing. Just yes. the way they were able to pull that off, which is not easy to do, and especially when watching trying to people do that in other movies and scenes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this, it seemed really engaging and natural. So I thought they did a really great job in that. Awesome. How about you, Daryl? What was something that you thought was the best part of this episode? Uh, for me, it was also at the party. But mm -hmm. um, I liked uh, the way the, I'll say, the older gentleman come up and basically defended Kaylee. And then, yes. And I then later, well. and later, as Kaylee is talking technicals, of the yeah. ship and everything, and she's surrounded, like, because she's, I'll say, actually got a personality, and she's interesting, and exactly. so, like, everybody's focused <laughs> on her and all the normal social light. The the rich girls are just, they're being ignored because mm -hmm. the the parties and they they're not. They could talk dresses and all this kind of stuff, but most gentlemen are going to find that quite boring. Exactly. So I love they the had, fact that she was the center of attention for the right reasons. Exactly. Yeah, the rest had to go back to their TikToks. Yeah. Um, the thing I liked... I like TikTok. He's the best part um, of that movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this isn't Return to Oz. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <sighs> the thing I loved most about this episode was all of Mal's one-liners. Like, uh, you... If if you need it, and the, the a man in here will give a you a use of their sword, a use of a sweat, and forgiveness is the mark of a great man. Stab. Guess all I'm right. just a, a good man. Stab. Well, I'm all right. <laughs> just he loved. was a jerk through most of this. Film. That being included, but it was funny there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny. I, he's an enjoyable character for me. I like sort sort of like patches about to say or did say already. With Nathan Fillion being his favorite part, I, I totally agree. He was my favorite part of this episode. Uh, but let's talk about now the things we didn't like so much. Uh, and let's see. Let's start with me. I I felt like it's funny that we were talking about uh, some of you mentioned, or I think it was Paul even that mentioned, that some of the characters in the Sandlot weren't very well used. Patch. Oh, Patch said that? This I'm is sorry. where you come in, right? <laughs> they were they were underutilized. Affirmative. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking about right then. Right and there. that's exactly what I meant. Not Paul, Patch. See, you both start with P's, so I got confused. That That is the problem. Close enough, close enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like Jane, uh, Book, Simon, and uh, River, all uh, pretty much everyone but Mal, Anara, and... Uh, Dang it, weren't River was well. my favorite part. I take back the dancing when she came out talking like the guy. That was that was the most entertaining to me. That okay, that, I mean that's fair. Yeah, and I I like that it wasn't like there was they weren't seen at all. But I just 
found their part of the show just a lot less interesting. Yeah. So that's the, that was my my tragic maker for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to write for an ensemble. Indeed, though I feel like Firefly pulls it off on the whole very well. Uh, Gerald what was Except something this one <laughs> that you didn't like. Uh it, it it's a classic, like TV show stereotype, but just the the high society, I'll call them stuff. Oh, okay, pricks. Yes, I mean, yes. Just like, oh, your dress is so pretty, but it looks like it was bought in a store, and just like. Yeah, like the, the mean the, the girl two, vibe almost. Yeah, the the two faced mean girl. I mean, I think it's just it's overdone in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. You see it a lot in movies, and even the well, they're everywhere. In they real are, life. they are. But even the the uh, Anara's, I'll call them date for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I paid for her, so I own her for tonight, and it's just yeah. like, I, it's overdone, and just the way he played it up that much, it just, I it, it that just rubbed me the wrong way. Just the way he's yeah. grabbing her, it's just like she's my property for tonight. Mm-hmm. And just like, eh, no. Yeah, you yeah. have to do it subtly, like say things like. This stream is sponsored by Paul J. Powell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's subtle. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Paul, what was so... Un- what wasn't Unsettling. Subtle? <laughs> unsettling, unsettling, sure, about this that you didn't like it. That first opening fight in the bar was so... Awful, oh, with some the pool of the cue and him stealing. Well, there is money. a he throws it. He like hits somebody with the chair, and it's and it's from a side view, and you can see the chair not hitting the actor. If you're gonna do oh, that, really, switch, just... switch the angle so it looks like it's hitting the actor. Oh, and then weird. like when the guy gets that. at the end, gets thrown into the bar uh, mm-hmm. mirror. It's mm-hmm. kind of like I think he was on a wire, and then for some reason when he hit the bar, he went faster into the mirror behind the bar rather physics would say well, if you hit something you're going to slow down before you hit the mirror behind the bar and it's just oh, it probably was on a wire yeah i could see yeah that. It, okay. it that some of that was okay but it was just very some of those scenes look very amateurish and okay so the stunts weren't as well yeah. done as they could have been yeah Got or it. the camera angles weren't quite right mm-hmm. or whatever and patch what do you like about shindig again What is this shindig you speak of? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, guys, what character did we feel like we connected with the most? I mean, I, I'm sort of jumped the gun. I, obviously, I you could probably guess that Mal was the character I liked the most in this episode, Nathan Fillion's character. Uh, Daryl, what was your favorite character or the one you connected with the most in this episode? Uh, I'll be honest. I binged all four episodes this evening. Uh-huh. So, overall... And this is my first time through. I'm okay. actually really liking Kaylee. Oh yeah, Kaylee's Kay- a great Kaylee one. Kaylee is like She's I like special. I like Nathan Fillion. Like mm-hmm. I watch, like I was mentioning to you guys earlier. I just rewatched Castle. Yes, I watched like the first three seasons of his new show, The Rookie, uh-huh. where he's like the old guy cop, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I definitely am liking Kaylee a lot more in this one than I am. Mal, Mal is cool, but I definitely like Kaylee's character a lot better. So awesome. she, she would be my favorite. Mm-hmm. How about you, Paul? Uh, Captain, you mentioned you like the captain in this one, Mal, in this episode I, uh, for his humor. I, although, like you said, underutilized, really enjoyed Wash's humor yes. in this. Yes, absolutely. So he came in not being a jerk. And he, he had some good lines here and there that was really uplifting to the story. Totally agree. Yeah. How about you, Patch? Wash is always going to be my favorite guy. He he stands out. I, I just like Alan Tudyk a lot. As an good guy. answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I sure agree with Paul. Take Paul's this side. Is, and this is one of those things, harkening back to our discussion in The Sandlot, just this is a good ensemble cast. A, and a yes. TV series, you get a chance to flesh out all these characters. And what I remember from the series and particularly from the first few episodes is he really stands out as a great, I guess, co-pilot, um, just manning the ship. The fact that he's married, I think is great. There's this great dynamic yes. between him and his yeah. wife. Yeah. And, uh, and he's just, he's just a lot of fun. He is Alan Tudyk in mm-hmm. this. In space. Know, in <laughs> space, right? Right. This is, this is not a night's tale in space, but he's got some of that. I was, you know, I'm, I was waiting for a hello, it's a long, <laughs> but I know that wasn't going to come out, but it was only after A Night's Tale that I experienced Firefly, and so I got that kind of primer going into nice. his character. And, and Wait, I'll he's plug, not British? What? <laughs> I'll plug Resident Alien as well. He's great in that as, as well, a sci-fi original series that uh, mm. if you have a chance to check it out, it's in its second season. It's really good. Okay, awesome. Very, very cool. Um, all right, guys, then that leaves after watching this episode, would you want to continue watching the, the show based on this one for me? Absolutely. I I really, I enjoyed this one a lot, much, a lot, much more than bushwhacked. I like that. It was like, Oh, how do we get this job? We need to keep flying. Oh, you have to deal with all these things to just get a job. I re- and I like that at the end, it ended up being cattle and that's what they're transporting. Yeah. I think it's going to be drugs or something like that. No, it's just cattle. Um, uh, Daryl, would you keep watching after this one? Uh, eh. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably end up. He's on the fence. I mean, right now, I don't uh-huh. think I would like do it again next week. I'll probably end up finishing out the season, mm-hmm. but it's not real high on my list right now. I mean, it, it's a fun show, but I'm just there's other I've stuff I'd that. probably watch first. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> Congrats, hey, Francisco. You finally got a real honest to true goodness <laughs> answer on that question. <laughs> I I feel like other people an- answer oh, that. Oh no, honestly. no, but I mean his is like even more like because he started it and he yes. got up to this oh, episode. Oh yeah, and hasn't and then, seen it before. Yes. Right. I see what you're saying. Yes. But how uh, about for, you, Paul? For me, I would barely continue. Uh oh, okay. I, I like the characters enough in this episode that they're engaging some of them mm-hmm. that I I I'd be willing to give it a, another shot in that barely, okay. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of wanting, they haven't done much with her yet, which I irritates me a little bit. I want, I want more with river and I assume mm. she gets more in the later stuff. No, no. she got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean like that, that character I feel like is, especially right now is beyond underutilized. Well, just, yeah. Yeah. They I mean, I know doing... they want some mystery with her. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of the thing, but... They end up doing more with her as a character, I'd say, in the movie. 
Right. Uh, there is some more. There is some stuff with her through the series, but yeah, it's is too short lived to was really. Was the movie that. before or after the series? After, it's after. after. So, you so watch it's, the movie it's like after. the final episode. Exactly. Think of it as okay. the final episode, and then yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and Patch, how about you? After watching this and doing yeah, your homework, I, like I you would, said, you I, would. I would. <laughs> this conversation has got me wanting to watch it, although there's a lot of television that's on my plate already for that, varying reasons. It's one yeah. that uh, that I'll definitely, um, when I have a free week, I'll binge that. But yeah, I would. Exactly, I would yeah. definitely watch it. I don't remember any episode in this series that mm-hmm. I disliked. It's got a okay. great kind of formula to it that um, mm-hmm. I think. Again, I'm, I'm with most people. It it definitely was canceled ahead of its time, <laughs> and. Yep. And there was a lot there, but they packed a lot of good stuff in it. Awesome, guys. So, yes, I would keep watching it. Very good. Well, thank you so much to uh, Daryl and Patch and Paul. And for myself, we bid you all have a shiny one, guys. You're killing me, Smalls. The other one, Paul. Oh, I like that one. Don't let the space bugs fight. That one? Yes, that one. Oh. <laughs>